Shalom, and welcome to Via Hafta Yisrael, a Hebrew phrase which means you shall love Israel. We hope you'll stay with us for the next 30 minutes as our teacher, Dr. Baruch, shares his expository teaching from the Bible. Dr. Baruch is the senior lecturer at the Zera Avraham Institute based in Israel. Although all courses are taught in Hebrew at the Institute, Dr. Baruch is pleased to share this weekly address in English. To find out more about our work in Israel, please visit us on the web at loveisrael.org. That's one word, loveisrael.org. Now, here's Baruch with today's lesson. At good times, at bad times, at all times, God is God. And one of the things that may not be pleasant to hear is that frequently these bad times that we experience, they are due to our own making. Now, I realize that when one is walking faithfully, righteously, the world rises up against that one. We can suffer for righteousness. But far more likely for most people, and I'm speaking about myself as well, when we are experiencing difficulty in our life, frequently it is a consequence of our own sin, our own iniquity. And therefore, we need to follow David's example of being quick to repent. And here's something so significant. And also be expectant that God will forgive and he will restore. David was a man of great faith because he believed strongly in the mercy, the grace, the forgiveness of God to restore him and give him victory over those who want his demise, his defeat. Well, with that said, take out your Bible and look with me to the book of Psalms and Psalm 41. Now, this is another example of David turning to God in difficult times. And he's going to admit that sin is at the foundation of his problem. And what he's revealing to us is this. When a person, that means you, it means me, it is a spiritual law that David is teaching us. When an individual sins, that sin gives the enemy a foothold, a place to move against us and to bring us distress, sorrow, and those things that are generally unpleasant. And it's only God that can bring about a change in that situation. So let's begin Psalm 41, and notice how it begins. Frequently, it tells us to the chief musician or the choir director that this is a psalm of David. He wrote it down. Now, in Hebrew, that concludes the first verse. It simply says in Hebrew, Lamatzeach mizmor le David, end of verse 1. In verse 2, which probably begins the psalm in your Bible, David says, Ashrei. This is a word of, of joy, of happiness. It's related to being blessed by God. So if you're wise, what you're going to say is, how does one find himself, herself, being blessed by God? God bestowing upon us, creating within us 
this joy, this happiness, this contentment. David's going to reveal this. He says, blessed is the one. And the next word is a word of, of wisdom. It is derived from a very common word, both in Hebrew and Yiddish, and that is sechel. Sechel is intelligence. It's smartness. It's understanding. And here it's in the hifil, which means one who causes himself to think, one who gives consideration. So we read, blessed or happy is a one who, who thinks, who gives consideration to the one who is poor. And this is not the normal word for just being poor or afflicted, but it's a word that speaks to one who is, is in a ve very meager situation. He does not have much. He lacks greatly. And therefore, we should step in and help this one. And when we do, there's a benefit. Another spiritual law that David is revealing. When one is mindful of the one who has meager means, who's lacking, it says, on the day of evil. It speaks about a time of trouble. But literally, on the day of evil, the Lord, because one has been mindful of the poor, has acted in his behalf when he's in a difficult situation. Here's this spiritual insurance that I've mentioned before. God will do something. It says, and God will deliver him. Meaning this, the one who is mindful of the one who is poor, when this one, finds himself or herself in a difficult situation, being attacked, whatever it might be. That person can have confidence. And in the same way that he helped another, God will help him in his time of trouble. He will deliver him. Next verse, verse 3 in Hebrew, 2 in English. It continues this, this goodness that comes from being mindful of others. The Lord Speaking about this one who's mindful of the poor, the Lord will keep him and it's a word for sustaining him. It means maintaining his life, causing him to exist in situations that, that others would not. It speaks about a supernatural provision and guarding. So the Lord will guard him, the God will sustain him, and in the end it says, he will be blessed or he will be happy. It's that same word in a different form, the word ushar. And another way that this word could be understood is certified. Now, the word for being certified and being happy is the same word. And it speaks, it's related to God affirming that person. God says, yes. To this one's behavior. And God gets involved to deliver him, to put supernaturally in his life a joy, a happiness, a peace, that contentment. So these benefits that come to us because we are mindful of others. He says in the last part of, of this verse, David is, is pleading, he says, and you will not you will not 
give him over this one who was mindful who gave consideration it says do not you will not deliver him over to and the next word is the word nefesh usually speaks about the soul or the essence or the purpose of an individual and here we might understand it as the desire or the will of his enemy so once again what david is saying is because one looks upon the plight the suffering the affliction the needs of another this action not just looking but responding this action will bring god's counsel god's revelation god's provision god's guarding and god's deliverance to that person so it's wise that we do this so he says you will not set this one over to the desires the will of his enemies next verse the lord and this next phrase I believe many bibles will say strengthen but it's a word of support it's a word of provision as well so god will strengthen he will provide he will support this one another blessing upon where now it has his sick bed and this speaks loudly to the fact, and we're going to see another example of it in a moment, that God, he heals the sick. He's mindful of that. So we read here that God will sustain, he will strengthen him upon his sickbed. And all of his bed, and it's probably an idiom that refers to all the time that he's on his bed, lying on the bed dealing with this sickness all this time god is at work and what is he's going to do he says you have overturned his sickness it simply speaks about god bringing about a change so here's this one who is physically sick he is suffering to the extent that he's in his sickbed he's not able to function normally but God is involved in this. God is going to help this one. Now look at the next verse. Verse 5 in Hebrew, 4 in English, he says, I have said. And this expression is an expression where David is revealing something, and here's the key, confidently. David knows this to be true because he's experienced. He says, I have said, O Lord, be gracious to me. And then we have a word for healing, and again, this word for my soul. Now, it could be that David is simply pleading, beseeching, proclaiming that God, I believe that God is my healer. And God heals, notice, through grace. And this can have both a physical and spiritual outcome. The grace of God is, is multifaceted. It's just not for the spiritual uh, aspect, but also the, the physical as well. So he says, O Lord, be gracious to me, heal my soul. And the reason why I believe soul is here, he says, heal my soul because I have sinned against you. Now, this is a key verse in the psalm. This speaks about the fact that David, Yes, he has enemies. Yes, he is going through difficult times. And, and perhaps the primary reason of this is because of just what we read. 
David is in sin. And what does he do? And here's the wisdom for us. Here's the, the practical application. When we are struggling with sin, in sin, in disobedience, done something that we ought not, violated the word of God, be quick with confidence. And I can't overestimate that enough. Do not shy away from turning to God and seeking his grace. You say, but I'm guilty. That's why you need God's grace. God, he extends grace to those who are sinners. We're the ones who need it. So he says, heal my soul, for I have sinned against you. And then he says, my enemies. Here's a point of exploiting David's sinful condition. My enemies, and we're in verse, verse 5, 6 in Hebrew, my enemies, they, they have said evil, evil against me. This is what they're speaking. This is their purpose. This is their desires. To the extent, notice what they say. When will he die and his name perish? Now, this speaks, most of the commentators point this out. When, when, is, when will his name perish? What are they speaking about? They have total contempt for David. They don't want to hear his name. Why is that? Because David, usually, primarily, as a, a matter of habit, he stands for righteousness. He ministers to those who are in need. He's mindful of those who are suffering, the poor, etc. David is that type of individual. But there are those times, and these do not characterize his life. They're an exception to his norm. And hopefully, we both can say that about ourselves, that we don't live in sin, that we are not about sin, we're not committed to that, but rather we're committed to the things of God. But nevertheless, there are times when we stumble, when we sin, when we disobey, when we rebel. And again, this is not the time to say, oh, God would never, never listen to my prayer. God doesn't want to use me anymore. God, God restores. God heals both physically and spiritually. So David is up against those. They're saying, when, was, when is he going to die? When is his name going to, to perish? And then next verse, verse 7, he says, and, and if they come, or he comes to see this, this enemy, if he comes to see, notice, and the context is, David is upon his sickbed. He is struggling. And, and if they come, meaning to visit him, because this is a mitzvah, a good thing to do, visit those who are sick, pray for them, anoint them with oil. He says, uh, if he comes to see, shove, this is vanity. This is futility, he will speak, meaning this. If this one comes to me, he doesn't come sincerely. He doesn't come in order to minister, to encourage, to pray. It's all futility that he speaks. Anything that he says, he doesn't mean. How do we know this? We just saw. 
He wants David's death. He wants David's name to be blotted out, not to be remembered anymore, to perish from the earth. This is what it is. And he says in the second part of the verse, his heart, this one who visits in vain, speaks for evil. He says, his heart will gather unto it Avin. What is Avin? Wickedness. Now, it shows a dichotomy. Two very different approaches to life. If you were to ask me, what is our organization about? One thing. We want to share biblical truth. Our objective is to put truth into your heart. Because that truth, God's truth, the only truth, scriptural truth, when it is implanted in a person's heart, it brings about godly change. That's what I want. That's what you want. We want godly change in our life so that we can walk with God, experience God, find his, his presence in our life, find ourselves pleasing him, doing all these things. That's what a fruitful, a meaningful life, a life that has, has significance is all about. It's rooted in the will of God. And therefore, in this verse, we have just the opposite. Instead of implanting the word of God in one's heart, what is this one doing? It says here, his heart, he will gather wickedness unto it. And he goes forth outside, that means publicly, to speak. What does he do? He speaks his wicked plans. What his heart desires, this, this, this conflict with the morality, the standards, the righteousness, the goodness of God. He speaks publicly in opposition to it. Verse, verse 8. 7 in English. Together against me, they whisper. Who's whispering? It says here, all the ones who hate me. All the ones who hate me together, they whisper against me. And unto me, they think evil. So against me, they think evil to me. And this is proclaiming that their desire is for the demise, the defeat, the, the annihilation of David, that he's no longer there. Why? Answer is simple. David stands for righteousness. David is a man of God, a servant of God. And therefore, they don't want people like David in their presence. And what we're seeing today, little by little, and it's growing significantly, we're seeing the world coming together under the spirit of the Antichrist. Does that mean the Antichrist is here? Perhaps yes, perhaps no. But the spirit of the Antichrist has been here, according to, to John's first epistle, for a long time. And now we see it taking a firm foundation, and simply the governments of the world, the popular opinion, we find that it's going against the standards, the morality, the truth of God, the assembly of God's people together. We see all of this is being, being established against the purposes of God.
And therefore, we simply see here, against me, they, they think evil unto me. And who are these people? Well, they're ones that hate David, but notice what it says in verse 9. Now, in verse 9, we have the word devar. There's a word dvar, the word devar, and the word devar. Now, here's the problem. What we have in our Hebrew Bibles are, are the Masoretic vowel points. They're not in the original. So we don't know. It's simply the thoughts of men, whether it's devar, devar, or dever. Now, if it is dever in the sense, and this is a construct form, devar, then it can mean pestilence, a type of disease. But it simply may be a word. And if we look at the context, we have a very important term that we find in the Torah and elsewhere. And it's a term, Bli Ya'al. Bli Ya'al means those who are, are evil, extremely evil individuals. So I think it's more, and the word devar can mean word or thing. And it just simply speaks of, we might say, in fact, Devar can mean in English stuff. So it's this stuff of these extremely evil ones that are poured out upon him, upon David. And it says that, that he is here, he's lying, and their desire, their word that's poured out perhaps on David is that David has lied down and he not he will not again rise up. That's their, their thoughts, their word. This is what they want to see. So they are against David's presence. And more and more, we're going to see this world come against those who stand for justice and righteousness. Very significant. But those who are speaking about social justice, they are far, far removed from true justice. They speak about concerns for, for others when they are actually the ones, the ones who are the oppressors. For example, not too long ago, there was a, a very uh, high-ranking military official in the United States, and on his recommended reading list, is a book that equates capitalism to, to racism. And what we find is in those places where there is capitalism, those countries tend to be the most giving, the most generous. In other words, capitalism produces individuals that are indeed mindful of those who are less fortunate. And in places where socialism, communism, is very much entrenched in the mentality, you know what? Those places tend to be the least giving, the least mindful of others. Because socialism and communism are diametrically opposed to, to God. And we find that, that capitalism 
is rooted in biblical principles. That hard work, God rewards. That one who does the right thing will find good response. So we see how this world is moving rapidly against the things of God and speaking out against it. It's simply an example of these extremely evil people wanting to pour out their stuff, their thoughts, their venom upon others so that that the righteous one, that he will not rise up again. Verse 10 in Hebrew, verse 9 in English, where it says, Also, ish shlomi. Now, this is expression is from the word shalom, peace. So a man that is, is to my welfare. This is what David is saying. Those that appear to be friends of his, concerned about his well-being, his peace. Those whom he says, I have trusted in him, trusted in this one who I thought was a man of peace. Ochel lachbi, that ate my bread that we ate together, we shared fellowship. It says, such a one, he has, has magnified, lifted up, made, made great against me the hill. Now, this is also an idiom which just speaks about, about uh, kicking one away. One that wants to see another one be pushed down, defeated. Using what he thinks that he has achieved against. So it's using one's power against another. One whom David thought was a friend of his, someone that he could trust. So we just see exactly what Yeshua te teaches in, in Matthew 24 and verse 9. That, that there's going to be those who are going to betray a friend. Those who are going to side with the government of the Antichrist, the ways of, of that evil beast, that empire of the Antichrist, in order to exalt themselves by putting those who are faithful to God down. That's what's going to happen. He says in, in the next verse, verse 11 in Hebrew, 10 in English, and you, O Lord, be gracious unto me and establish me. Now, this can be lift me up, but it's more in the line of establishing. Establish me, David says, and I will repay them, meaning I will be an instrument of your justice. And part of God's justice is seeing those who are rebellious, disobedient, those who are opposed to the things of God, that judgment be rendered against them. So David says, raise me up, establish me, in order that I can be an instrument of justice. This is what he's saying. Next verse. In this I know that you have delighted in me. In what? He says, in this meaning, in this restoration in this being established, in the opportunity, and here's what he's saying, being given an opportunity to serve God, to execute his justice, to be a force of righteousness, is the evidence that God delights in an individual. For my enemy, literally it says, for my enemy will not shout over me. 
meaning he won't have the last word. He won't have the last thing to, to shout joyfully about, that the enemy will not be successful. That's what, what David is saying. He's saying that God, only through you establishing me, can I put down evil and that the enemy won't be the one rejoicing. Verse 13 in Hebrew, verse 12 in English, he says, and I be to me. Now, to me can be innocence, my innocence, but I agree with many of the English translations that renders this with the word integrity, a very great word, integrity. We need to be people of the utmost integrity. Realize something. When you lack integrity, God will not bless you. Just that simple. When you walk in integrity, being a man of your word, a woman of, of honesty, one that does what he says, when one behaves in that way, and what we say is rooted in the truth of God, God's going to move in our life, move in our situation. So David says, and I in my integrity, he says, you will support me. That's the principle. To the degree that we are people of integrity, we can expect with confidence God's support in our life. And he says, you're going to support me how? And you will stand me. It's a word for for being positioned. You will stand me before you forever. Now, some translation, and, and it's probably a more literal way, we have the word lifanai. Lifanai and lifnei. Lifnei is before, lifanai is before my face. So when we look at this and see how it is, it's, it's not clear. So either but I tend to go along with some of the English translations, which says, and there's something special about this, that, that we read in this verse, and you will stand me before you or before your face forever. It speaks about when we see the face of God, that is an idiom for being blessed. David is saying something. In integrity causes you to position me whereby I will be a recipient of your, your blessings forever. It just reminds us of what David is pursuing, what David desires, God's blessing, divine goodness, not the things of this world. And now our final verse, verse 14 in Hebrew, verse 13 in English, he praises God. He ends all of this with a verse of worship. And it simply says, and I'm going to read it in Hebrew first. It says, Baruch Hashem Elohai Yisrael, which means, blessed is the Lord, the God of Israel. Never says the God of Palestine, the God of Israel. Blessed is the Lord, the God of Israel, forever until ever, could be for now until forever. Amen, ve, amen. It's simply speaking about how God today is a blessed God. Who's that blessed God? The God of Israel. 
And one of the signs of the times that we're approaching the last days is a, a antagonistic view in regard to the term Israel. It's so significant that God, he aligns himself with Israel, Elohe Israel, the God of Israel. But we see more and more that it is politically correct to stand against Israel. Not too long ago, a, a leader of a university, I believe it was Rutgers University, he, he made a statement where he spoke against those who were anti-Semitic. A great thing to, to do. We should stand against those who are against any people for the fact that they're that people, that, that God made them that way. We should not be supportive of others who want to put down, discredit other people for, for who they are. But he received such a pushback for saying we should be against anti-Semitism. So many people spoke against that, that he retracted and said, please forgive me for, for standing against anti-Semitism. Now, I think this is one of the things that, that has happened, which really shows where we are in the world. How close we are to this, this turning point when we're about ready to enter into this transition from this time to the end times. We need to be mindful of that. And David's instruction in this psalm, Psalm 41, is a great place to begin to meditate and pray through in order to prepare us to be faithful servants in, in what's coming. And what's coming is a very, very difficult time. Will you be ready? Shalom from Israel. Well, we hope you will benefit from today's message and share it with others. Please plan to join us each week at this time and on this channel for our broadcast of loveisrael.org. Again, to find out more about us, please visit our website, loveisrael.org. There you will find articles and numerous other lectures by Baruch. These teachings are in video form. You may download them or watch them in streaming video. Until next week, may the Lord bless you in our Messiah Yeshua, that is, Jesus, as you walk with Him. Shalom from Israel. Thank <laughs> you.